Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of From the Ballroom to the Locker Room. And we're taking a shortcut. We've taken our 15-man team and women's teams out of the equation today. And we're talking sevens rugby. And we are delighted to have with us today Renfred Dazel, the newly appointed head coach of the Springbok women's sevens team. Welcome to From the Ballroom to the Locker Room, Renfred. Thank you, Louis, for, for having me. Let's just talk about you before we talk about the ladies. Tell us a little bit about the history and your involvement with uh, rugby in this country. I think my involvement started way back at Borland where I played, where I played 15s and then slowly made my way to 7s. But then I think in 2008, Paul Through gave us full-time contacts and my focus was mainly 7s. And then I was part of that first sevens group that won the World Series in 2008-9 season. So since then, I had injuries with my knee, played played on the circuit for till 2012. And then I got the coaching opportunity with, with Paul Through, and he said to me early in 2012 that I don't think you, you would be able to, to play and he's not going to select me, but he will give me a new role in the squad that I can that I can um fulfill. And then I started recording, started with my analysis and since then twenty thirteen I started with the with the ladies in PE. We were busy there having camps. But for eight months I was away from home so didn't actually see my family only on a Saturday. So it was it was a difficult a difficult start to my to my coaching career and for four years in 2016 I went with Neil Paul to the Olympics. Then 2017, one year with the with the ladies still, and then I started full time with the men for five years and now I'm currently back with the with the ladies team. It's interesting though that not many coaches get lots of exposure in sevens competitions in South Africa, and it's great that you're involved with all of the history you've had. Yeah, for me, it's it's actually nice. I will always have a soft spot for for women's rugby, and especially for sevens because it's where I actually started my my coaching career. All the sacrifices and to understand because it was difficult for me. You you coach the team, but you you don't have a a proper management. You don't have assistant coaches. You don't have a physio. We there was a there was a physio um, from NNMU when we stayed in in PE that helped us not on a regular basis, but just at times. So it was very difficult because you play and then you come from those professional systems and you think everything is going smooth. But the thing for me is that I learned quickly is that I needed to get to the level of where the girls at. So. Yeah, for me, it I have a soft spot for 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 women's rugby, and I didn't even take long to 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 say yes to 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 this opportunity. It's been a, a long and hard journey for women's rugby in this country, hasn't it? No, oh, definitely, and like for us, we we don't have that foundation. And I said to Nick, we don't have the foundation for our girls. It's the same as within some sport in our country. We start at the late, late age, age, and then for us, you you don't have all the skill that you learn from from the age of seven. So if you take a boy that play rugby, he start running around with the ball from the age of three, learning all the technique and skills and decision making at the age group, and then. And when they get to the age of eighteen, they're actually more mature in 
as a rugby player, but for girls, they they only start at at sometimes at the age of sixteen, eighteen. So now they're getting into 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 high performance systems like women's sevens and fifteens. Then they don't have the skill of catching and passing, decision making. So we panel beating and quick fix at at um, high performance level, but we actually develop. Where's the problem lying? Is it more a case of not enough at school level when the girls are young and give them the opportunity? Because at the senior level, and I spoke to Bufano and Cloco and a couple of others over the last couple of months that we've been doing these podcasts, and we get the impression um, that the South African Rugby Union are doing so brilliantly, but Perhaps in the men's game and not so good in the ladies. Yeah, for for us, it's it's on school level. If they can start implementing um, rugby on school level, because there's a few schools that play, but how many times are you gonna play now against the same school in a in a rugby season? So girls don't get better if they if they if they play, and the game won't get competitive. So we need to get it at lower levels. For me, is my thinking of it is we need to introduce tag rugby school level so girls and boys can can mix and play together and for girls with starting at the age of maybe 16 with their first contact then the contact is not the is not the problem it's the the skill that you develop from a younger age group up until the age of 16 so yeah for me is at school level that's where we currently where the problem is if we can um make the gap a little bit smaller then we need to start at school level. So if this continue for the next 20 years, we're still going to be in the same position. We spoke about the fact that it was difficult at school level to get the girls to play cricket because of facilities. Is it similar with regards to the, the, the boys at school take over the two or three or four, or sometimes only one rugby field at the um and the girls must stand on the sideline? Is that kind of the situation as well? children is at school level and you know if with, with with schools if you in the a team you get all the privileges and if you from b downwards you just need to wait for for the for the fields if it's available so yeah it's always that it's always that struggle and now i think with our cricket playing in a in a, in a final and the netball is currently going here in cape town and the banana banana is playing in a soccer world cup so for us, it also inspires us, and I hope everything can change for us going going forward. You actually asked the next question by mentioning all of those wonderful events that our ladies have been a part of. Um, but I guess there's a lot of learning that comes out of those events for us to implement in ladies rugby. Yeah, for me, it's like I was part of the of the um, the group or the coaching staff when when we qualified for for the 2016 um, Rio Olympics but unfortunately Sasko didn't let us go and I think that also had a big impact on women's sport back then so lots of girls were negative and yeah and after that they closed down the the program and we had to start all over again okay so let's look forward um you've got a big task at hand tell us what the plans are going forward for the Springbok women's sevens I think plans for us is, is not obviously the Olympic qualifier and then preparations will start the 2nd of August where we come in with a with a smaller group. So most of our senior players is, is busy playing in the Premier Division tournament. So we will only see them at the 11th of September. So we're currently busy now starting Wednesday with 
a smaller group where some of the girls that didn't want to play 15s that they want to focus more on seven. So now we will start with a group of 12 if I'm if I'm if I'm correct. So then we have a week and a half where we going to train with them. They have a week off and then slowly players will start entering our system from from a 15s competition where they play semifinals. Whoever is not playing in the semifinals obviously join and then we go to Olympic qualifier, that's 14 and 15 October. Then the girls will be off for a week and then we basically have a one one month before the kickoff of the World Series. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough for us going forward. The thing that I'm that I'm happy and I'm happy is that you have an assistant coach, you have a full management squad that can take care of the team. We'll talk about your assistant coach in a little while, but how do these girls take time off work to be involved in all of these courses? Is it professional, semi-professional? Is there some kind of remuneration for them? Because it seems like a lot of work, a lot of time to take off work, to put in the work to be successful. Yeah, I know it's obviously, there's obviously challenges. Some of the girls are on university and we need to send letters and to see where, where the availability is. So we're currently busy with two levels um, of, of Marty's where we need to sit. One is doing practical, one is busy in the lab. So we just um, get them and work around their, their schedule. And it's always a challenge even for people that work and come in. So they need to take off. There was the other day a girl from the development camp from Ports. She came in, but she's a teacher, so she needs to take off from school. But then the thing is now, so we need to um, pay and players. So there is daily allowance and a daily rate where players come in. So it doesn't matter what your job description is. So you're on a daily rate and everybody gets the same daily rate when they get into the camp. So there is some sort of remuneration for them. Well, that's nice to hear. Now, you guys have had some success towards the end of last year and uh, into a challenger instead of Bosch. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think we, we, we saw an opportunity. We, we actually, we played well, but we came short because we in, we didn't add all our senior players. They were injured. And in Dubai tournaments, it was like four people out at once. And we struggled to get players in because the the sevens program wasn't um, professional and the girls played in the the world cup last year so the girls were still unfit and we couldn't put a, a proper team together for cape town so they asked me to be interim coach from 22nd of jan so yeah everything went well with the with the planning we had a three month um, planning for the challenger series and we slowly got the players back to where we want them to be so it just shows you if you can if you can have a full-time system and you can work with the place on a daily basis things can change but at the moment you you you're not you're not full-time or you're semi-professional even then you won't be successful so for me i will feel better now going into olympic qualifier into the world circuit with at least you know you can coach your team on a daily basis so i'm very very confident about, about all of this. This also make it extremely difficult, and I guess that's where you pick up all of the injuries when you have not enough time to, to train and to, to to practice and get the fitness levels up. Yeah, no, definitely. And for me, important for that challenger series was the is you need to have your 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 identity as a team, and you need to have a foundation so where you can work up. So our foundation actually started when we were in Dubai, Cape Town last year. 
is that's where the foundation starts. And for the girls, if you if you care for the system and they can see there's there's some sort of caring even for for them in the system, they will they will go out and then they will they will do well. So for us, as soon as you get the culture right, and that is where if they come in now from the fifteenth, because I haven't seen the, some of them for four months when they will be back in September. So then your team culture is going to be very important and your your team ID. So for us, we we rely on that to go forward and to be successful in in on the world circuit. So now I know you played what thirty two I think tournaments for yes. uh, the men's uh, sevens team. You've got a pretty decent assistant coach that's come on board by the name of Cecil Africa. He's played quite a few and uh, has been one of South Africa's best ever. Yeah, I know. I think Cecil is amazing. Actually, when he started his first tournament, we played, I was a scrum off and he was a number 10. So we, our relationship started way back when when we still played. And I I had the, the, the opportunity to coach him as well. So Cecil is just brilliant to have him around. He's very, he's a very vocal person. He's always confident. And we had a, a few coaching um weeks together. So he helped me actually in Cape Town in Dubai. And then he went um, to USA because he wasn't contacted anymore. So he helped out Frankie Owen with the Rhino Academy and he played in a few invitational tournaments. And so there was no money really to get him involved with the Challenger, but I only got him for the, for the two weeks of the tournament. And he was just amazing to see a World Cup player. It's almost like Cecil C. See that picture before even the 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 set phase or the game start. You can see. So for us working together, I'm actually very very excited to have him now full time next to me, and we can start making plans. What made made him and makes him so good? I think with what Cecil is, he's a he's a he's people's person. He is very calm. He's relaxed, and he can work with people, and and he always put extra um work in with with players you can you can see it just with his with his body language around the team okay tell us a little bit about the girls that are in the team give us the teams that we should look out for going forward the girls in the in the team is obviously you have your senior players um Eloise Martha and Nadine I think Nadine is, is inspirational Nadine is a motivator Nadine is is probably the best version of a sevens player if you're looking for someone. Then you have Marilise the Brain crossover athlete from from netball. Still young in into rugby, it's like she's one of your hard workers, still learning the game because only in this game for two years. You've seen a player, you won't even think that she's playing rugby for for two years. Then you have Zinklin Pupa, currently the the co-captain with with Nadine. So yeah, she's also been inspirational. And she started. Way back when I when I started with the girls, she was still very young, playing in her first Amsterdam tournament. And just to see now how they they grew as players and where they're at, it currently um, put um, tears in my eyes to see where the girls. And then you have Eloise that's also been a stalwart of the squad. She's been playing also since I started coaching. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that still girls, that they don't give up. There's always a fight. Then you have your youngsters like Simam Kele Namba now. Currently, she's the favorite in the team. She's always the one that makes the team laugh. She's the funny, funny character. Then you have a Malinga that's out and out speed. That is our, our team.
Now, in the world of Sevens Rugby, I guess uh, the All Blacks, or, or what are they? I'm not sure what they call the Lady Sevens All Blacks, uh, and and Australia and England, the best three sides, uh, I presume, in the world? Yeah, I know they, they are. But if you go see where how uh, these structures look, then you can see why they are the best in the world. They have structures. They play the same competitions as the men. And I know Australia fought the rugby players fought to get the same payment a year or two ago. Currently there, but that's understandable if you see where the systems are. So they play in super rugby tournaments. They play, some of the girls actually come from touch rugby and they convert them netball. But they have a good system in Australia, New Zealand and England. And we can look at the, the past World Cups, who are the teams that doing well, even in 15s and 7s, is in the top three. And also what, what surprised me in doing research for our interview is the strength of the United States. I mean, they're right up there in the top three in terms of the WHSBC World Series standing. The same for the same for them. They also have good structures. They're not a, a, a rugby country as us, but if you have proper systems, you can change, you can change everything. They have a few base printers that also cross over at this. I think they are the team with the most crossover athletes because there's ice hockey players that, that's coming there. So they have road shows and, and with their Olympic committee, they, they're pulling lots of things off when for their, for their seven systems. They, they, they don't have the best skill, but whatever they do, they go, they go full out. So these girls are tough. They're hard. They're the only, the only way, actually, if you see them, we had the opportunity in Dubai, I think it's 2017, where we actually beat the USA, but we went um, even full-time. So the opportunities are there against these teams, but but for me, teams like USA, they they write up there in the top six. So what do you do from here? Tell us what, what the next couple of months and the planning is and the aspirations that you have for the girls. What would you say come the end of next year would be a satisfactory result for the girls? Yeah, so for us to be satisfied with this, with the system is to finish in the top. There is no other way you can work around the bush. For us, is we need to be in the top. Otherwise, we will get back into this challenge series that we played in this year. And to be honest, it's not a thing any team to be in because there's so much work, stress, that going, that, that is in that kind of tournament. And for us, it was a bit easier this year. So you, ha- you have to play in two tournaments and then you get your maximum points and then you go through. But from next year on, you will play in three or four of those tournaments. Then you will get the top four that drop down from the world circuit and then you a competition. And I think that is in Madrid. So we don't want to be in that situation. So for us... If you want to be satisfied as a system, is to finish in the top eight. There's no, there's no other guarantees. For, but for us, if we can guarantee, we want to be in the top eight. So we're going to push really hard to get the numbers and the numbers of the squad. It's, it's actually not, it's not against us. So yeah, we're currently working on to to make a squad bigger and to to, to have a larger pool of players. Well, we look forward to some great success from the Sevens. And Renford, before you leave us today, I need to obviously ask you, you're involved in the Springbok setup, obviously not necessarily with the, the, the 15 that will go to the World Cup, but your thoughts so far on the couple of matches that our box have played going uh, now off to Argentina for their next stint. The World Cup to defend is not going to be easy. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And I think see what happened to Grant is a perfect opportunity 
for him now to just to showcase his talent at the highest level. And for me, he is one of the three scrum offs it's in my selected squad that I that I wanted to be in the World Cup. But for us going forward, I don't know, with, with Russia and Zag, is always something up their sleeve. So they will come up and for us, our, you know, where our strength lies in scrums, is in the malls, is in that contact area, territory, high ball kicking and all of that. So, and for us, if we can execute that, the game is not is not that difficult. If you do the basics right, and then you will obviously get to the other side of, of that competition. But it's gonna be it's gonna be tough because it's in 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 Europe, in France. So all the teams will give themselves an opportunity to to win. And if you look at our first game, Scotland, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I think we have we have all the firepower. Yeah, like I've been saying on this podcast so many times before, the only game in 2023 that counts is the last game in Paris. Renford, Dazel, thank you so very, very much for your time. Good luck with the ladies. I wouldn't mind being the coach of the women's Springbok Sevens team around all those beautiful women all day. Renford, thank you for your time. Thank you for you guys as well for for, for just um getting out there and we want to grow women's rugby. So thank you for, for the opportunity and thank you for yeah. having me. Lovely stuff. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you happen to be one of those young ladies out there thinking of a career in sevens rugby, well, go for it. You never know. You could be on From the Boardroom to the Locker Room talking to us about your Springbok sevens career. Rinford Dazel, thank you so much for your time. That's tonight's edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. As always, be nice to each other. Until next time, bye for now.